Friends beyond the enterprise. Whoops. Friends beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're on a voyage, uh, you're enterprising, or you like uh, the enterprise is beyond you, you say, well, I guess I'm not sure what the, what is the enterprise? Uh, it's been used like, and now it's, uh, isn't a place you go and uh, rent a car? No, I said the Enterprise. Uh, I don't know which, like, I don't even know which generation. I mean, it's the next generation. But, I, you know, also, I don't know what I'm talking about. Because if you say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, that means you may be in the right place. Because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. Uh, to take your mind off stuff and keep you company because you deserve a good night's sleep. This podcast, it does take some getting used to. Sometimes it takes two or three tries before you realize, oh, this show never gets started and never goes anywhere. I'm not, I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to just barely listen to you. So see how it goes. But really the reason I make the show and the reason so many people listen is because we believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And the one thing that connects us is we know how it feels in the deep, dark night. Uh, we might not know exactly what you're going through, but we can probably relate or someone listening right now can relate to how it feels. And I'd like to help. And the way I do it is uh, this show, it starts out with uh, some support. Then there'll be a long, meandering intro that's meant to ease you into bedtime. And then we'll start talking about Star Trek The Next Generation in a very indirect and oblique way. And uh, then we'll uh, uh, have some thank yous at the end. So it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, Hey, uh, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep? Trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. And I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. Whether it's thoughts on your mind, you know, thoughts you're thinking about, about the past, the present, the future thoughts you know you say okay thinking about those thoughts or or those thoughts are here uh right now while i'm trying to go to sleep Uh, so it could be thoughts could be feelings anything emotionally coming up for you related to those thoughts or uh, it could be physical sensations changes in time temperature routine you could have you know you got your stuff going on Whatever it is that's keeping you awake, it could be something else. Uh, uh, I'm here to take your mind off of stuff and keep you company so that you could fall asleep or while you fall asleep. And as I said earlier, the reason I make this show, and if you don't hear anything else I say or you never listen to the podcast again, it doesn't change the fact you do deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a bedtime you could look forward to or at least feel neutral about and not dread. Because that's the situation I've been in on and off my whole life, and a lot of other listeners have. And uh, I'd prefer, if it's possible, for this show to work or to introduce you to another sleep podcast that'll work for you so that you have something to look forward to at bedtime. You say, okay, well, at least I got that podcast, or maybe I got a good book and that podcast, or I'm going to do some doodling. And some winding down, and I've got that podcast, so I'm going to play a little, uh, like, color coup or do a Sudoku. And then while I listen to that podcast, whatever it is, um, yeah, I, I hope you, uh, I hope that this podcast can at least introduce you to the idea and the fact that you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve enough sleep where your life is more manageable and you have that foundation. And ideally, you could build from there and be out there flourishing. That means our world's a better place to be in. But the other side of it is I make the show, and a lot of people are nodding right now along, maybe nodding off, uh, but also nodding along saying, yeah, you deserve a good night's sleep. We know how it feels. Uh, 
We know how it feels, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, uh, tr- you know, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of us have been there. So that's what I make the show or why I make the show. What I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. So that means I'm going to get mixed up. I'll go off topic. Then I'll repeat myself, and then I'll forget what I was talking about. And then I'll say, what was Data's brother's, brother's name again? Lore. Oh, but there's a podcast called Lore, unrelated to Data's brother called Lore. I wonder if they've ever, uh, if there's ever been a, um, what is that thing called in the movies where they sneak something in? It's not a cupcake or a cookie. It's not a marshmallow either. How come I can never remember that? I'm not kidding either. I'm saying that it's not a cup. What is it when they hit so hide something in a movie cup? It's not a cupcake. Every time I think it's a cupcake and I say, well, it must be a cookie. No, not a sprinkle. Is it some sort of candy? An Easter egg. Oh boy. So it's not sweet. Maybe I'll remember it now and say, oh, it's an Easter egg. Easter eggs aren't technically sweet. Uh, oh boy, don't take that personally, Easter egg. You're sweet. The one Easter egg that's listening. Oh boy, are you sweet. Or I'm sweet on you. And you say, Scoots, are you assuming all Easter eggs are Cadbury eggs? Because those are, I say, no, no, I realize those are two different things. No, I realize that. Uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no. All I was saying is, uh, I've always, I can never remember Easter egg, regular listeners. But I, what I was wondering, I was trying to give an example of a superfluous tangent and um, whatever the other one, pointless meander, and then I ended up giving giving two. Like I gave give, give I'm giving both of them by naturally on natural because somehow I was wondering uh, if there was ever Easter egg in the podcast lore about if they mentioned but would that be easter egg because isn't an easter egg supposed to be self-referential so maybe if uh they had um well i don't know how they do that how'd you how would you do that then you could have a character in a story with a brother named lore maybe i don't know I don't know. These are questions I'm not fit to answer. I'm only fit to speculate and go off topic. But just a question. Has lore ever been mentioned on lore? Lore on lore. There's a podcast idea. It's a recap of the podcast lore featuring Data's brother lore. Uh, Data and lore would even be better. but you just, and then they could even are like that could be how it opens, or it could be an unresolved bit. Uh, you know, I love those where data always says, "How come, uh, like it's only called lore on lore?" And but I'm on it. You know, I'm, I'm a technically, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm playing both roles. If you want to get technical, but uh, technically, dear brother. Uh, we're here to talk about lore, and I'm lore. I'm I'm talking about lore. Uh, and then Data would say, yeah, but I'm also on the show. I'm a co-host. Well, no, you're not a co-host because it's called Lore on Lore, dear brother. And then people would say, I thought this was a sleep podcast to put me to sleep. Am I in the wrong place? And I'd say, no, this is, that was, a, that, that's just what I meant when I say creaky dulcet tones, that's my voice, not traditionally soothing. And then what happens is I get caught up in these thoughts. Uh, next thing you know, I'm producing a new imaginary podcast within my imagination that's never been released, even imaginarily. And, uh, but, but it's not a horrible idea either. That's the thing. You say, well, if you could get, uh, First of all, do you know Data and Laura are fictional characters, Scoots? Okay. So that would be the first hurdle. But the second, so no, no, this would be an in-world podcast. Uh, what do you mean? Well, isn't Picard still running? Uh, Laura and Data, somewhere on a space station somewhere, they listen to a, because they would be, a, the podcast Lore would have existed in their timeline, I would think. 
And so they're listening to the podcast. They're making a podcast in our future. You're with me, right? This is, this is all like, this is all possible. Replicator, you know, make me a podcasting. Uh, there's not actually a podcasting kit. I mean, you can buy them, but uh, you see, you, you know, you get you, like, the, you know, it, it's, it's a, uh, I bet you those ships, I don't know what the, um, what is that called? The climate control noise is like, that would be the only hard part on that ship and the whirring, you know, the, but then, uh, so, but, but we could do it. Uh, I'm sure it'd be great. Maybe. Oh, so what's, so, oh, sorry. I went off topic again. None of that intentionally. I mean, naturally, but so, okay. So this is a show, a podcast that's here to, well, this is a bit ironic. Is that the right word? It's quixotic for sure. Thanks, uh, Lore. No problem, dear brother. Oh, no, I'm not your brother. Oh, wait, you're in my, ma- I'm playing you both imaginarily. Okay. So, um, okay. So where was I? So anyway, the podcast, um, what was I saying? Oh, so this is a podcast that's uh, here to keep you company and help you fall asleep. It's it's uh, not a podcast that you actually listen to. You could listen or you can listen. And some people listen all the way to the very end of the show. Like if you can't sleep for some reason, there are other people that can't sleep that are listening or people that listen during the day for a break or people that just listen to unwind. But you can also just barely listen. That's the most uh, common use case uh, where you say, okay, you're talking and you think you're making sense, Scoots. Or you say, this is a reasonable idea. You don't see the holes in your own idea. Well, I say, no, I'm sure lore and data would be hard to work with uh, as a podcast producer. I mean, I have to work with Scoots and Drew. So I can see the downside. But yeah, so this is a podcast you just kind of listen to. You could turn me down to a mumble if you want, or you could just kind of listen and and not pay attention. This show is also a sleep podcast that doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company, to be your friend in the deep, dark night, your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud, your boar friend, to keep you company. It like Just like you were going to call somebody and say, hey, talk to me for a while, but I'm not going to listen to you. Or you say, hey, tell me about your day, but I don't like it's I, I'm not really invest. I'm more invested in falling asleep, but I want to hear about your day in a soothing way. Those are all one time. You can only cash that in for one time per relationship per year, like a coup, like those coupons. I used to give people as gifts that I say, please, please like like it was like a gift card. Good for one load of laundry. Good for one floor mopping, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. It's a coupon pack. Uh, here, let me hold on to those coupons for you. Uh, who would have thought? That's the same person. That kid invented gift cards, or at least pitched it to the companies. They say, people lose track of these. They said, I used to give them to my mother all the time. Wa- window wa- Wash your car, Pop. Uh... Uh, I, I, only, I, I was one of the few people that brought that into adulthood, uh, in a mistake, you know, it was a bad idea. What does that have to do with anything? I don't even know, but, oh, just, you could do that once a year with somebody in your real life, but I'm just here to talk while you barely listen or you can listen, or you could wake up and tune back in. So it's a show that doesn't put you to sleep, uh, doesn't, uh, it really, you can't, you can't, you can listen to it. But you don't have to. No pressure to fall asleep. No pressure to listen. That's what I mean. Uh, structure the show. That's the next thing. Oh, no. Well, the 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 strangeness of the podcast. Now, the show does not work for everybody. But for most people it doesn't that it does work for, took two or three tries. Sometimes over a year. Uh, uh, some of our most people that actually pay 20 bucks a month to support the show. It is like a common level I heard from. That said, I loathed you at first. Now I pay you uh, because you put me to sleep every single night. And I know how much work it is. So give it a few tries and just see how it goes. Uh, Because this podcast is different. If you had trouble falling asleep, you probably tried a lot of different stuff and paid for a lot of different stuff. So just see how it goes. Um, uh, What was my point there? Oh, this is a podcast. 
Oh, just see how it goes. Yeah, if you're skeptical or doubtful, I mean, I would be too. Oh, the structure of the show. So the show starts out the greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So you feel seen and welcome. You say, oh, I could check that show out and see how it goes. Uh, so try that. Uh, like you say, okay. Um, then there's support for the show. So it can be free twice a week. And then there's our intro, which is separate from the support. The intro goes on and on and on. Uh, kind of to start the podcast, and there are a few percentage of listeners that fall asleep during it. There's a percentage of listeners that skip it. But for most people, it just offers a buffer between being awake and being asleep, uh, a wind-down time. And you could do some other activity, or you could get ready for bed, or you could be in bed getting comfortable. But that's why we have an intro instead of just going straight into the story, is to have a little buffer, like a low, low, scoots is slowly. I mean, my, my, you know, obviously my lights are already dim, but I'm lowering the dimmer switch a little bit. So that's uh, the, the intro. Then there, again, there's support between the intro and the story, so the show's free or optional to pay for. And then there's a, we'll cover an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, but in a very indirect and dull way. So don't worry, you say, I don't even know what do you like, and you see, and that's exactly it. And uh, so it'll be a bit more like a bedtime story than uh, with TV recap. And then uh, some thank yous at the end. So it's a structure show. It's the way I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the podcast out and coming by. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. Everybody, Scoots here. We're talking about uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Season Four, Episode Twelve. Uh, the something, the somebody who's having a tough time right now is not the title of the episode, but it's uh, somebody that's had a hard time, and it doesn't take. Uh, I didn't realize it, but it's like okay, I figured out. I know who that is, or maybe it's more than one person. I guess. Let me re- read through the notes, and then I'll hit play on the episode. It starts out with mapping, swa- swing, survey. Renee Tundrill, 21503, be on the lookout. Even with Trudy, Picard, Stargazer days, uh, on the run, believe it. Uh, Wharf, no hour. Don't trust. Trust is earned. Uh, no green away. It did do, watch this episode, writing the notes in my car in the dark. Working for a sales ship. Uh, picking and Fock O'Brien. Oh, waiting for something shop. Uh, waiting for a something ship. Picking and food. So, Brian, uh, oh, uh. Plastic fork, a fork, a not a fish, very healthy. Feed shine, feed shine, heavy, heavy foods. Uh, Brian sighs, uh, mom did not believe in uh, replicator, handled raw meat, real meat. Uh, this, this is kind of funny. This is one of these first humorous, uh, kind of uh exchanges i've been aware of where it's like oh you know uh it's uh keiko and o'brien eating dinner uh, we get a sense of the relationship because she normally pre- 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 prepares the dinner or chooses the menu o'brien is picking at his food and then he talks about the food his mom used to make uh and uh they uh he says, we should eat some of that. Uh, I'll even prepare it uh, in the replicator, of course. But he says, my mom prepared food. Then there's even some uh, hubba hubba talk. Uh, but it's interrupted uh, by red alert, uh, laser sounds, Cardassians. So we can send you on this Cardassian exploration ship, uh, firing Riker. What the double hockey sticks? Uh, is he doing sharper, sharper pen, escaping dunes, evasive, delta, delta evasive pattern, or evasive pattern, delta, duvet, illicit costumes, power failure, 
usually I have the, I do this in a different way. So, uh, but I think it's fun to do just off the notes without it on screen. Shrinking down, answer on horror now. Wow. In darkness, uh, W-A-R, what is it good for? Two days ago, Federation ship, uh, unarmed, Gaul, Massette, peace. Not us. Let me call my boss. Uh, one hour. Yeah, you would be disappointed. You would be at a dis. You'd be at disappointed. Very well. One hour. Oh, but Picard tells him like uh, so. Basically, this Cardassian ship starts firing in the Enterprise unexpectedly because they're supposed to meet up, and that's when uh, Riker says, "What in the hockey sticks are you doing?" And they take evasive action, take out their shield generators on the Cardassian ship, uh, and then they call back. Uh, and that's a pretty standard move uh, for the Enterprise, which makes sense. And then Picard says, by the way, like I say, let's work this out. Uh, I'll call my boss or the admiral, a better admiral than last time. <laughs> this admiral's before the, the last one. And, uh, they, Bakari goes, by the way, like you'd be at a disadvantage anyway with us, uh, because we already took out your shield generators and our ships, you know, more advanced or something, something about Ben Max. Well, WTF silent running. So basically 21505, go and find him with the Cardassian cooperation with observers, uh, not prepared for a new conflict, uh, proven the peace or preserve the peace, uh, Hayden out science 11. I don't know what science 11 means. It definitely says science 11 though. Maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, so basically this scene is, uh, this dude, Ben Maxwell started to, to, to stop contacting when I went and started running their own campaign against the Cardassians, is not contacted uh, base, and is disrupting the peace process, or the you know the fragile peace between the Cardassians and the um, was it the Federation? And I guess I, again, I'm not sure on the seasons, uh, the history of the the seasons, but. It, this could be after one of the Borg things where they, there's, uh, they say, well, we don't get the resources to deal with this anyway. Pretty sure this was after Picard was a Borg. Uh, maybe not, though. Probably. What is this, season five? Troy, stay close to the crew because everybody's going to, you know, this is going to have strong feelings. Who served with Ben Maxwell? O'Brien, O'Brien did. Indeed. Data, by the way, Data has access to all the personnel files. I don't know if he has to, like, if Data has to be told to access them, like their password protected, and you know, unless a superior, like, whatever they call it, a higher officer just implements a search. Because they say, like, does Data ever say that? Like, oh, by the way, how's your rash? Jordy, how's that rash doing? Um, still bugging you? And they say, what are you, what are you looking at my person? Well, no, I'm not looking there. It's just part of my brain. Your personnel's file is part of my brain. My positronic matrix, man. You see, can you keep my med, you know, can you, can you put a, like a hip on that thing or something? Because I don't need you. I don't need my, my personnel file being a part of your positronic matrix. I prefer, you know, that it's not the case. Uh, welcome to the enterprise. Galma said. Glenn and Dora or something, Gaul, I don't know, we'll get to that, uh, Till, Tills and Darrow or something. Troy looks back at O'Brien, who's staring at the Cardassians, a lot of, as with a lot of TNG episodes, a lot of good pause face on faces and stuff. Captain's log, quest for the Phoenix, uh, scan 10 light years, uh, no sign. In fact, in fact... We are skeptical. That's what the Cardassian says. Of course, uh, very well. O'Brien, Captain Maxwell. Well, he's, uh, there's a, they say, you, you, Captain Picard, you ever listen to uh, the uh, Beastie Boys? And Picard says, 
proceed. And uh, O'Brien says, uh, well, Captain Maxwell's big into that uh, uh, one album uh, with the guy with the like like the one like, I can't stand it I know you planned it I'm going to set straight this watergate uh and Picard doesn't show a sign of recognition he goes listen you know it's a sabotage uh and Picard goes I O'Brien you're going to have to speak in uh, present tense for me and he says well I I don't know like uh, no speculation oh no then he says uh Confine things to the facts. I think he says this. I don't think he says this to O'Brien, but uh, locate the Phoenix uh, Bridge. O'Brien, two Cardassians. Oh, they go on. Um, Cardassian. O'Brien gets on the lift with two Cardassians, and there's a total stare down. Uh, deck six, deck ten. Hey, why don't you join us for a drink on uh, ten forward? The Cardassians say to O'Brien, "We'd like to talk about." Uh, transponders and stuff or whatever they're called transporters your captain is most impressive and brian tells him to take a hike i choose my business or something i choose who i spend my time with or whatever i'll take follow orders total burn captain suggests captain dip luminary you will not give us news dip luminary Diplomacy. You will not give us uh, something. O'Brien, dinner daily, casserole. Oh, so then O'Brien pulls a casserole out. O'Brien's singing. What are you singing, honey? This is O'Brien and Keiko. Oh, something from the Rutledge, uh, hair and glory and mashed potatoes or something. The Mustard Bay. O'Brien sings Captain Max Maxwell liked that song. He liked this kid who sang the song to me. He says that later in the episode. Keiko realizes her husband is, uh, this is not a complimentary of O'Brien. But to look at Keiko's face, she says, well, this is the man I married. Uh, this is why I love him. He's different than everybody else on the Enterprise. Uh, and then she says, what are these? He goes, capers. Uh, why? Feelings. I feel, uh, I feel for her, our map. Uh, can you read it? Our transponder codes. Uh, this is back on the bridge. We have a warship, uh, or stand time while ship is discharged. Picard and Riker share a look. Uh, lots of stress. Very well. Mr. Worf, Longbeats. Picard and Worf, uh, Mr. Worf now, Picard face, and then they go to a commercial. Moving on, Phoenix, Fred on Phoenix outside. On Magic Fives, uh, torpedoes, fire, oh, so basically they catch up with the Phoenix and it's flying and taking out Cardassian ships. And everyone on board is like, what in the what? Uh, destroys a warship, uh, nebula class, uh, and a science or transport vehicle. They were watching all this on the map from far, far away. 16 hours away at warp four. Kurt says, hit warp nine. Straight to from four or five to nine. Lots of stress. Uh, then O'Brien's working with a bunch of SD cards. Uh, and then Ricard, or somebody goes, can we talk about Ben Maxwell again? Ben Maxwell is a rare one. Two, I got to work with two of the ca finest captains in Starfleet, so it is Picard, or maybe somebody else, I don't know. What's gone wrong with this dude, man? He's gone uh, well, well, well into the deep end. Well, there's a reason. He took it well. Oh, so then he says, he always was a, uh, he listened to the Beastie Boys, but he kept his Beastie Boy repressed. Uh, kept it all inside like a good uh, guy would. Wrong, but... uh he even smiled all the time, even when he was in a bad mood uh, and joked about it. I'm totally here to tell jokes. I'm not in a bad mood at all. Uh, not at all. It's deep down inside. And uh, I like the fine watch you back. Uh, he must have his rooms. Uh, he must have his reasons. Uh, and Picard gets irritated. Uh, but he says, anger's like old leather, man. Uh, Chief does not get it, though. Ten forward, 
K-Noir? K-Noir, that's what the dude is drinking, the Cardassian. And O'Brien kind of apologizes. He says, mind if I join you? Sure. Why don't you have another fake ale? Sure. Takes a bit of fee- getting to used to, the K-Noir. And Brian says, I owe you an apology. This has been hard on all of us, uh, the Cardassian says. Terrible mistake. And O'Brien talks about struggled Phasar. O'Brien, very peaceful. Not what I believe because of you. So O'Brien tells a little bit of his backstory to the Cardassian and why he's irritable. Barking, I will protest this. Stealthing info, no ham, does go to do, go to your quarters. So they catch one of the Cardassians stealing info. The head Cardassian, Galmaset, says, go to your quarters. As you wish, Mr. Worf, uh, please company. Uh, then the Cardassian says, can we see, see, speak in private? Sure. Deeply regret this. Uh, we're here to make a lasting peace, right? There are those who uh, crave war, not us, though, right? Uh, we've had our full measure. Then they get 22 minutes to the Phoenix, uh, they go on Picard's face. Maxwell's ship, Maxwell looks behind him. Oh, so then they get to Maxwell's ship. They say, tell him to get aboard the ship stat. Maxwell, uh, whatever, transporter's in. He looks behind him. Like, like maybe somebody was cracking a joke on his ship. I don't know. Says, uh, did anybody transport in with me or something? I don't know. And then he points at O'Brien. No idea. I don't know. Uh, Best I see your commander. He winks at O'Brien. O'Brien's face. Riker. I have no idea what this is. In I deserves the shake hands. Please sit down. Huff. You must think I've gone mad. Where is your documentation? I can smell it. Uh, so Brian says these Cardassians are up to nothing, and Picard get, like says you don't have any proof of nothing. This is just based on your thoughts and your feelings. He gets up. Nobody's going to tell me. It is for a, it's a scientific station, and then he starts using these terms, which uh, you'd say maybe they wrote this because uh, he says, "Well, these are just uh, bureaucrats. Uh, they don't know." You should great exchange, not under fire. Who lives? Uh, smell, and then he he burns Picard. He goes, it smells musty in here, like a bureaucrat's office. And see, if it was a bureaucrat's office, wouldn't they? I mean, maybe a storage room, but it wouldn't smell musty because if they were spent. I mean, unless they didn't use their office. Set. I don't know what you're trying to say. Uh, what's your name again, Captain? Uh, I even put. I put some stuff about this guy I couldn't even share on the show. Does that say inscrutable? I doubt it does. Uh, not true, not true. And then he goes, you're a fool, Picard. Come with me. You're going to Starbase 211 uh, to get your next orders. Uh, Starfleet, uh, I'll let you go there on your ship uh, in dignity as commander. and Or you can come in the bridge and go in disgrace. And he goes, I'll return to the ship. I understand my orders. Uh, Picard calls Worf, uh, goes to window. Picard goes to his window and looks out. Captain's log three hours ago. We called Hayden. Phoenix changed course. Uh, pursue. Hail Maxwell. Did anybody else kind of say Maxwell Silver Hammer over and over again when they were listening, watching this? Uh Party one, Matt, priority one message, no response. Warp eight, Maxwell went to warp nine. Go to warp nine. Arm the phasers. Call O'Brien. He was his tactical officer. On bridge, action, high power, subspace, field. Maxwell is hailing us. Uh, proof, uh, I got proof, super close up uh, of Maxwell. Slow down. And he goes, why don't you stop these ships and inspect them? Picard goes, that's not part of the deal, man. I'm, my, my job's to bust you. Like, uh, 
let me Ben beam. And then O'Brien says, let me beam over there and try to uh, deal with him. Make it so. O'Brien shows up at uh, what's it, Maxwell's ready room. The darn ship, uh, count on it. Uh, there is no war. It's over. O'Brien's sidekick. Oh, so then they talk about uh, this guy, Caden Stampy or whatever his name was. He used to sing for uh, uh, Maxwell. He goes, oh, yeah, I liked that. Uh, uh, then they sing a duet, which wasn't bad. Uh, and uh, he goes, I'm going to go down for this one or something. I'm not going to go or something. Uh, and they go, Captain's Log, Supplemental. It's confined to a quarters on our ship. Uh, thank you, uh, O'Brien. Loyalty ambassador misplaced. It does not come easy. Loyalty was earned. We have a capacity, but not dismiss him. One more thing. I was here to protect the peace. Take this message, Golmaset. Uh, we'll be watching. And then there's a music at the end, like kind of like organ music. All right, everybody, I got this thing rolling. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not anymore. Just uh, jumped. To... I don't want to learn more. Um. Okay, there's an ad running. So it is for Lower Decks, which looks like there's different characters on Lower Decks in the Lower Decks episode we covered. And uh, now it's rolling. I got a, a captain's log four 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 two nine point six. One of my favorite stations. And uh, year since the peace treaty ended, long ended the long conflict between us and Cardassia. And now's when they're going to sector twenty one five zero three. Be on the lookout for that Cardassian ship. They should let us know soon. Uh, I got to keep this thing peaceful up on this border. I remember this one progresses back and we were running against a Cardassian ship on the Stargazer. Troy says, you run him? Picard says, believe it. Uh, preliminary overtures to a truce, Lord, my shields, uh, as a gesture. And they were not impressed. Uh, they'd already taken out most of my engines and stuff. Uh, and that's when we're says, no honor. I don't trust them. Troy says, they're our allies now. We have to trust him. Nope, trust is earned. Worf says, not given away. Riker, Picard laughs. Uh, I don't know what he's laughing at, though. Hope they get, you know, we don't want to stick around here for so long. Okay, then we see the dinner uh, with Keiko and uh, O'Brien. What's this dinner, he says, on? Plankton, loaf, kelp, buds, and sea berries. Uh, oh, it's good for you, bro. Like, uh, and he goes, huh, how about, I'm not a fish. Uh, she says, it's healthy, man. I had this every morning growing up. No muffins or oatmeal. Muffins are good for you, by the way. Corned beef and eggs uh, for breakfast. I don't know how long they've been married, but Keiko, you know, you've been introducing me to this wonderful food. Uh, I'd like to do the same. By the way, get married if you're on the Enterprise because they got a dining room or like a dining area. Scalloped potatoes, mutton shanks, and uh, oxtails and cabbage. Oh, you'll love it. Uh, just like when I sing. And she goes, your mom cooked? Uh, she didn't believe in replicators. Uh, she thought real food was better. Real meat. It's so... Uh, such a strange thing that she's she cut it and he goes yeah wow he goes I'll use a replicator though I'll make you something special tonight you'll love it I promise uh, and uh, that's when they say hubba 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 I don't think I don't think we're mature enough for this show like uh, now then this red alert emergency stations uh, what the heck's going on Delta evasion that whole thing. Uh, secondary hall, put up the shields, uh, and, uh, that's when they get a corner on this other ship, uh, I'll call my boss, uh, frequencies, uh, Golmaset, uh, I remember back when this was on Amazon, the picture of Golmaset in the cockpit was, like, the picture, I was like, I'll never watch that episode, because Golmaset has some sort of helmet on, 
and uh, very bird-like. Uh, and I said, I don't think I can watch that episode. I don't want to see a bird with a helmet on. But it's not like that in person. I mean, when you watch the episode, uh, this dude, we're at peace. Uh, why firing on us? Let me call. You know, at such a contest, you'll be at a disadvantage. One hour. Then the episode opens. Uh, then we go back to the face-off. And that's when uh, uh, they talk about Maxwell. Uh, and Maxwell? He was a fi- one of the finest captains back in the day. Must have had a provocation. Uh, wish I knew. He's gone on silent running. Doesn't even answer our communiques. Still in Cassidy at Cardassian K- K- Space? Probably. And go and find him, Picard. Come on, man. Get on it. Uh, do you think the Cardassians are going to cooperate? Yeah, they're going to be on board with you. Picard grimaces at that. Uh, observers to show good faith. Uh, protect the peace, Jean-Luc. Uh, we're not prepared. Uh, so uh, don't, you know, don't, like, uh, no matter the cost. Uh, Hayden out. He leans back in his chair. Picard takes a breath through his nose. We have another showdown. They beam aboard. Oh, Science 2 is what was over Picard's shoulder. That's what I was trying to... Why is it Science 2? Oh, it's the science station. They're all leaning on it, having a meeting on the bridge. Do we really have to have them on board? Worf wants to watch everything they do. There are guests, uh, Worf. Uh, kind of locked some places, at least. Maybe. So this kind of shows, you know, they're, they're feeling, you know, they're, they're, the staff has feelings about it. Data, anybody that worked with Maxwell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the whole, uh, I've got everything. Uh, Chief O'Brien. Uh, O'Brien? Well, he's a wild card, man. Everybody exchanges his looks on O'Brien. Okay, well, I got to call to let Brian and know I'm going to call him. Uh, then they transport on. They're in some sort of, like, padded outfits, uh, platform shoes. Uh, I'm Riker. This is Counselor Troy. I'm Gal Masset. Uh, this is Glenn Darrow and Glenn Tell. So that's, like, their thing, Gaul or Glenn. It's how high you are. Shall we? Okay. And then O'Brien's kind of staring. They're, like, uh, staring after him. Troy catches it. Uh, she goes, you know, I'm an empath, man. Even when the empathic feelings aren't, uh, you know, always great. Uh, and we get a supplemental captain's log in Cardassian territory, looking for the Phoenix. That's when they have a meeting. Everybody, they say, you don't even, do you have any idea what this guy's up to? You don't even know where he is. Uh, we know his last known coordinates. That's a pretty good place to start. Uh, and I, well, we're skeptical about this whole thing. Do you expect us to believe that you're really tracking him down? Yeah, we are, man. Of course you're. Of course you're concerned. Uh, that's why you're here. We're having a meeting. This is open. Uh, no secrets. You're hearing reports. But, but Riker's very proud of Picard as he does as he smiles. Uh, very well. Uh, and tra- then they go to O'Brien, who's been sitting silently at the other end. What's up, Brian? O'Brien, you got any insights? Uh, um, Maxwell's been through some stuff. Uh, and that whole that that Beastie Boys album. Yeah, uh, but he always kept it, you know, repressed. Good old. That's what we called him. As he taught me how to repress things, actually. Uh, then they all get up to go. This is when uh, O'Brien loses it on the two. Uh, he's just more passive aggressive. Uh, I don't. T- I'm not talking about nothing unless I'm, in, you know, told to. I'm being a little hard on O'Brien. I, I mean, I realize that. Uh, so I apologize, O'Brien. But yeah, uh, I have to get permission from Commander LaForge to talk to you about transporters, and uh, in my spare time. I choose not to hang with Cardassians, uh, which later we realize is because it just reminds him of bad choices he made. Or not bad choices, but uh, choices that left, choices that were too, very intense for O'Brien. So actually, O'Brien has a little uh, 
Band-Aid 2. And, you know, on the inside, uh, what do we got here? Picard, Wharf, Data there, I guess. Just seeing what other notes I have of what dialogue uh, I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, Captain, you got a suggestion? We have ships. Oh, they say, what if we find him and, t- you know, give us your co- give us his coordinates. We'll totally track him down. Uh, uh, we could, you know, meet up with him first. Uh, Picard goes, nah, I'm sure that's true. But uh, given the circumstances, uh, I better make contact. Uh, I'm sure you would uh, want to do that if the situation was reversed. And they say, time's crucial, man. This guy's, uh, Maxwell's, uh, they used to say off the chain, I think. Uh, and you say, we've got to stop him. Uh, and Picard says, only one incident so far. Uh, if I can reach, reach him first, then diplomacy can prevail. But uh, we don't want to escalate things, which is true. Could lose control. So you won't give us his precise location. Nope. Uh, moving on. And we see the Enterprise going from uh, left to right. Uh, oh, O'Brien busts out a potato casserole. Keiko smells it. Uh, and then he's singing, The Minstrel Boy is gone. Sorry, I didn't mean to sing there. He's humming. What are you singing, hun? Oh, it's my casserole song, an old song, an ode to a casserole. We used to sing it on the Rutledge. Uh, hadn't thought of it till I thought about it. Uh, goes, oh, it's about glory. You know, glory of casserole, casserole and glory. Those two things go together. The minstrel boy makes casserole. And in the bowl, you'll find it. Uh, his casserole is girded on. And his wild harp slung behind him. And he goes, oh, Captain Maxwell loved that. Loved, loved when we sing about casserole. Well, even more than the Beastie Boys. Uh, he wished they had a casserole song. Uh, and he goes, hey, man, I, he goes, we had this meeting this morning. And he goes, there's, you know, then he starts talking in third party. Uh, there's people that don't like the Cardassians, son. You know that? Believe that? Uh she goes, well, it has been a tough time. What are these capers? Uh, he goes, yeah, but the war's over now. Why can't everybody get over it? And he's saying, but really he's talking about himself, you know. She goes, well, you know, have you gotten over it? Well, how do you feel about the Kardashians? Me? Well, I feel fine. Just like, you know, just like the Captain Maxwell told me. But she gives a knowing nod. Uh, and then he grimaces. I didn't notice that before. Then we have the, we're watching their live mapping, Cardassian supply ship. They say, how do you know all this? And they say, yeah, we got a, we got secret stuff on board, dude. You can read our transponders. He goes, listen, let's just, uh, let's get a hold of Maxwell here. He's not answering our calls. Uh, well, put out a reply, you know, repeating message, uh, and uh, Goma said, we're doing everything we can uh, and getting nothing done, sorry to say. Because show me the location of the other ships. And, of course, there's a bunch of ships right by the Phoenix uh, that could intercept uh, before trouble. Just give us the frequencies, man. Are you going to stand there and do nothing? Card's stuck. Uh, looks back. He thinks. Sighs, he goes right, looks at Riker, he goes, Mr. Worf, have there been any responses to our calls? No, Data's listening, too, Riker's listening. Okay, well, he goes, Mr. Worf, uh, hmm, long silence, long thinking face, uh, he goes, send the codes of the Phoenix to the Cardassians, then. He goes, sir, they're going to shut the shields off then. And he goes, I got to stop Maxwell. Worf is not happy. He goes, Mr. Worf, now. Worf, yes, Captain. Starts to send the codes out. 
But this, I guess, is in some sense an escalation. We get a long look on Picard's face. And then we go to commercial. We come back. Uh, and uh, this is when they uh, see the action. Uh, it doesn't work out for the Cardassians. But I guess that was, uh, I mean, they shouldn't have sent the Cardassian warship, I guess. So in some sense, it very barely, uh, I don't know, still doesn't make it okay. But it's just like, oh, that was a mistake. They're 16 hours and 44 minutes away. Hop it to warp nine. Wait, what warp were they on before? Sorry. Uh, current speed of warp four. Yeah, they went from warp four to warp nine. I don't know, that, like, uh, but that's going to be faster for sure. The dude goes, why weren't we going warp nine the whole time? Ricard goes, because it's not, you know, this is, we got to, like, uh, we're using more lithium crystals or whatever. Ricard goes to deal with uh, O'Brien. Yo, this is not going good, O'Brien. Uh, well, how can I help? Well, you know, he's the best, man. He loved singing. Uh, Loved when this kid would sing to us about casseroles. Uh, and he loved keeping his feelings to himself. That's what he said. Sing about casseroles or the Beastie Boys, but don't have, you know, uh, keep it to yourself. You know, otherwise, uh, feelings aren't part of the Starfleet code that I know of. Uh, and but even McCarthy says, do you like the Cardassians? And Brian says, just fine. Uh, but got to watch my back. Uh, Picard goes, you know, he just, uh, he's a, this guy, Maxwell's a, like, uh, there's no reason for what he's doing. Uh, he's, uh, been, uh, keeping things to himself for too long and got used to his deep down feelings, uh, that he kept inside that weren't even totally, uh, should have been expressed a long time ago, maybe in a song about casseroles, but, uh, O'Brien, he's also talking to O'Brien you know, about getting over his feelings. And I guess it, like, does relate to O'Brien, who expresses his feelings later, right at the next scene. So that worked out. And uh, I guess, like, what's also interesting, I mean, about the Cardassians is they spent a lot of time in 10 Ford, meaning, you know, if we were talking about uh, that they do want to socialize with humans and uh, Starfleet officers. So that's interesting to me. But yeah, there's lots of stress. Uh, okay, so we have them, K-N-R. Sure, K-N-R, K-N-O, K-E-S. Uh, takes a bit of getting used to. O'Brien says, yeah, by the way, I wanted to just say I'm sorry for blowing my top. Uh, you know, shouldn't have popped off like that, he says, in the turbo lift. Uh and the Cardassian says, well, it's been a tough time. You know, this isn't easy. Uh, I want to be back on my ship, too. And O'Brien says, yeah, I didn't even think about you. I was thinking about me, but uh, that's interesting. Anyway, back to me. He goes, yeah. Because uh, there was a lot going on back then. And I think we can agree that it was very intense. Uh and O'Brien says, so I wanted to express my feelings about it. Uh, and maybe we can move on and move forward, uh, even though I have strong feelings about it. Because uh, I was almost like living a Buddhist life before that. Wouldn't even take out a mosquito. Then they have the other Cardassian who was looking, you know, looking up codes or whatever. Why a computer station on deck 35, weapon systems. It's a lie, dude. It wasn't. I was interfacing with terminals to see, you know, what what their keyboard layout was. Uh, don't know what I was looking at. And they say, D come on, man. Why are you going on their computer, period? Uh, but I meant nothing. Just I just had some idle time. No harm. Go to your room and stay there for the rest of the expedition. And I guess, as you wish, I guess. And they say, Worf, why don't you accompany this guy? Gladly, Captain. So they head to the turbo lift. And that's when they say, let's have a private conversation between two captains. Uh, 
So they go to the ready room. Door closes. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, if you want to discipline him or something. Picard goes, it's your business. I've moved on. And he goes, uh, you can do whatever you want to discipline him. Matter's closed for me. He goes, well, I wouldn't be so generous as you in your place, Captain. Picard goes, yeah, thanks. Uh, if there's to be a lasting peace, Galma said, neither you or I must allow any one man to undermine our efforts. Or anyone, anyone officer to undermine our efforts. And then they say, yeah, you know, this is like a, it turns out that none of this is real. The guy's like acting, I think, for Picard. Because he says, yeah, we want peace. But Picard goes, really? In the end, do you really? We'll be watching. Okay, now we got, they caught up with a guy. He just goes on board, uh, shakes Riker's hand after he looked behind him. Fine work you've done, Riker. We all owe you one. Points at O'Brien, Miles O'Brien. Hello, Captain. Double handshake. Uh, no idea you were on the Enterprise. Uh, tactical officer on the Rutledge. I don't know if that's a promotion or a demotion, to be honest, or just a. Uh, because you could size up things instantly with options to all contingencies. Remarkable. Well, learned it from you, sir. You got that silver tongue too from kissing the stone. Say what? Uh, and he goes, yeah, I better see your captain right away. We got a lot to talk about. Riker goes, no duh, man. But he grins and winks at uh, O'Brien. Then Riker glares at O'Brien. O'Brien looks, makes a little kid face. Guy has a little bit too much pomp uh, when he walks in the office. Uh, captain Ben Maxwell. They, so they've never met before. And uh says, a pleasure. Please sit down. And Maxwell the slow sits down. He goes, yeah, you must think I've gone off the rails. Uh, Kirk goes, yeah. Because, yeah, I got to tell you, man, uh, I'm glad you came to get me. Because you know how it is with these uh, bureaucrats, eh? Picard goes, what? Nothing out here could possibly justify your behavior. He goes, oh, well, listen, let me lay this on you, man. Cardassians are trouble. They're up to trouble. Science station, my rear end. And Picard goes, you got some proof? Uh, oh, I've heard, I've heard around town. From who? Where's your documentation? He goes, I know what I know. And uh, that's when he stands up. I said, this guy, uh, he may have, uh, he goes, uh, come on, Picard. You know what I'm saying is true. This is a jumping off point. Uh, it's trouble. Points at Picard, even. Nobody's going to tell me it's scientific research. Picard goes, but you, sh- you-, you should have told Starfleet. Uh, goes, wait, yeah, goes, wait six months for the bureaucrats. Pulls his jacket down. Goes, they don't get it. Uh, they're not like you and me out here on the ships. You must get it, Picard. Picard goes, you weren't even in trouble. He goes, yeah, there was trouble. He goes, lives, whose lives? Uh, we had to act. Why, Picard says. Great exchange. Then O'Brien just, uh, he's very, or not O'Brien, uh, whatever this guy's, Ben Maxwell. Picard goes, dude, you you have uh, really messed things up, taking us to the brink. He goes, oh, no, I'm preventing all that. Uh, I'm a hero, man. Because that peace treaty was a ruse. And Picard goes, so you all alone decided to get rid of the treaty. He goes, yep, took the initiative, did what had to be done. Picard goes, what had to be done? For whom? Why would a man with a long service record uh, abandon the fundamental principles I thought that he believed in or even fought for for his whole life? And Picard goes, well, I believe uh, you're not well, man. And the guy goes, shake, shakes his head. Oh, no, no, two fingers up. Picard goes, you're on personal mission for you, your casserole songs. That's when he says, you're full, Picard. Uh, because history will look at you and say, this man was a fool. Picard goes, I'll take the judgment of history. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, he goes, uh, I'll be vindicated by history. Picard uh, oh. goes, you're irrelevant, irrelevant. Uh, he goes, come with me. Let's uh, 
Let's do an inspection. You'll see how relevant I am. Cargoes, we're not chasing Cardassian ships. Uh, we're taking you in. Uh, Starbase 211. And that's it. Uh, then we're going to return uh, to Federation space together. Because those are Starfleet orders. Park hard's grimacing now. I'll permit you the dignity to go on your own ship until uh, you're done. He goes, or you could go in disgrace. Uh, and the guy swallows and says, I'll return to my ship. Because uh, you're under, you understand the orders? Yes, Captain. And uh, then he calls Worf. Take the guest off board. And Picard doesn't even wait for a, or, uh, Maxwell to leave before he goes to the window. And we realize uh, Maxwell takes off. Uh, what's he doing? No response. He tries to go after another ship. Uh, we haven't identified it. Uh, he picks up pace. Uh, they chase after him on screen. So they got, uh, they're chasing a ship. Uh, right now they're just watching. So they say, well, maybe he won't mess with that other uh, Cardassian ship. Uh, he goes, but a weird, Jada goes, there is a weird subspace field coming off that Cardassian ship. Uh, and O'Brien's on the bridge. He goes, he goes, O'Brien, what do you think I should do about this, man? Uh, what do you think he's going to do? And O'Brien says, uh, and then they say, Maxwell's calling in. And now Maxwell's kind of really super, he goes, there's proof to go inspect that ship uh, that I cornered. Uh, he goes, dude, you had an order. Uh, he goes, board that ship and see I'm correct. Uh, he goes, we're not boarding anything, Maxwell. Uh, get aboard the Enterprise now. And he goes, if you don't board that ship, uh, I'm going to um, shoot some lasers. Uh, Picard goes, come on, man. I won't allow you to do that. Uh, and he goes, swallows. Uh, and O'Brien goes, um, can't make him feel like his back's against the wall. Uh, they're getting ready to do something. Guy goes, red alert. Uh, ready, get ready. Uh, and Picard, then O'Brien also has a fact, like he goes, let me go over. And they go, well, you're blocked out. He goes, no, no, there's a cycle uh, thing. I can sneak in through the cycling uh, shields. And that's where you see Brian's intelligence. It's a high-energy sensor system, 5.5-minute cycles. Uh, there's a brief window, 50th of a second. I'll get through that, uh, make it so. Brian heads off. Next thing you know, Brian shows up at the dude's office. I mean, everybody on board must have been like, dude, what are we doing? Uh, even like, Brian's like, dude, I'm not here to, I'm here to talk and sing about casseroles. How'd you get over here? Come on, man. How do you think I got over here? we got to talk our way out of this. Uh, he goes, talk to Picard, have him look on that ship. Uh, Brian says, he's not going to do that. Uh, he goes, but wh wh they're the enemies. Uh, and uh, he goes, count on it, man. He goes, what happened? And, uh, and O'Brien says, listen, man, there is, there is no enemy. We have a peace treaty. There is, the war's over. And he turns, he goes, no, you're wrong, O'Brien. The Cardassians. Uh, and O'Brien goes, that's what everybody thinks when they call someone the enemy. Maybe that's what they thought about us. Uh, and he goes, well, we don't start wars. Uh, and then he starts going back into the past, uh, Maxwell. And uh, O'Brien's just silent. Uh, Maxwell's like, I can't get over it. Uh, I can't get over it, O'Brien. O'Brien does a lot of blinking. And he goes, we were together. You saw, you know, you know what I went through. And he goes, you, but you were joking and laughing about it uh, and keeping it repressed. Uh. And he goes, remember that guy that sang about Cardas or, uh, casseroles? Cars casserole and Cardassian is almost the same. He goes, yep, yeah, that's Stampy.
Good old Stampy or Stompy, uh, loudest walker on our ship. Uh, and O'Brien sits down on the arm of a chair. He goes, oh, yeah. Then they sit next to each other. What was that song you used to sing? Uh, by casseroles. Uh, I love that song. He would sing it. You would sing it to him. He would sing it to you. He would sing it for me. Uh, and then O'Brien says, uh, the casserole is at dinner time, and it's all almost uh, getting ready. And then uh, he's trying to remember the song, the other guy. And he starts singing, both casseroles have girded on, and the harp plays when they're ready. Scoots is using ready a lot, uh, but uh, casserole. Uh, don't, uh, make sure it's done through all the world. It is good for us. Uh, make sure you add, what are those things called? Capers. Uh, cause it'll make it extra tasty. And they're singing side by side. Oh, casserole, we shall praise thee. And they pause on that. Uh, it's pretty long freeze. Uh, I mean, not freeze, but you know, there's motion. Probably five seconds, right? Now we're at eight or nine seconds. And, uh, wow, power of quiet. And then he goes, I'm in big trouble, aren't I? And Brian goes, oh, yeah. You're, yeah, you might as well. Uh, there's nothing you can do now. Uh, might as well, uh, you know, let's get this over with. Then we go back. Captain's, you know, Maxwell's letting his first officer fly. He's on confined to his quarters on our ship. Uh, thanks, O'Brien. And uh, he goes, you know, Captain Maxwell's a good man. Made some terrible choices. Uh, I know that now. But uh doesn't, you know, I'm still happy to be on the ship with him. And he goes, Picard says, that'll be all. And then uh, Galmaset says, well, he's loyal, that that uh, Riker, or that whatever O'Brien, misplaced. Uh, and Picard goes, uh, the loyalty you would dismiss does not come easily for us, Galmaset. Uh, we got a lot to learn about us. Ben Maxwell earned that loyalty. Uh, and he goes, uh, he earned two big honors, uh, the high citations in Federation history, or courage and valor. But he couldn't find a role for him in peace uh, himself. Uh, we can pity him, but we shall not dismiss him. And he goes, you know, you're welcome to your opinion, C Captain Picard, uh, but I don't agree. So uh, I'm glad. Uh, and Gomez goes to leave. He goes, one more thing. Uh, don't think I didn't notice about that high energy field around that ship. Uh, you wouldn't do that for scientific equipment. Uh, he goes, so we'll be watching. Uh, and he goes, well, why didn't you check the ship? He goes, because I'm here to preserve the peace. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on you. And he goes, okay, but uh, why didn't you board it? Picard uh, just, like, uh, yeah, he says, I was protecting the peace, man. And I believe, uh, firmly believe in the interest of both our people's peace. Uh, and if I boarded that ship, it would have been trouble. Because now we're having a pleasant conversation about me keeping my eye on you. He goes, I assure you. Uh, he goes, no, no, tell your leaders. Uh, I'm well aware. And they exchange looks. Well, Picard glares. Uh, wow. And then he turns away. Okay, this is powerful, man. Turns his back on the guy after glaring at him. And that's how the episode ends. Uh, classic. Uh, good night, everybody.